Welcome back, Bobby. Today we're going to talk about the future. Oh, which is future. bright. So it's so bright we need to wear shades. But <laughs> if only we can figure out which. The, but it's so bright sometimes it's hard to tell which direction to go. Right, the sun's in your eyes. Mm-hmm. And um, right now, especially because of current events, okay, um, conventions are changing okay they've been changing for a lot of time what the purpose of a convention is the old wisdom of the things that you as a artist a writer what you did at conventions your opportunities as a fan went of buying things so much of that is quote unquote moving online but that's too broad a brush to paint things with but a lot more things are starting to stream that would have been done at a convention true Yes, very true. Um, I know over the weekend, um, a small press convention that I used to go to up in, I think around Columbus, Ohio, um, actually was held online. I did not get to attend any of the panels or anything, but um, yeah, it seems like this whole streaming, uh, Zoom or StreamYard or however you're doing it, seems to be catching on more and more and more, not just for corporate meetings uh, I know schools jumped on it for kids and stuff to wrap up the end of last year. But, um, yeah, in the past, like I said, we, we've been talking about your face being your connection with your fans. You getting it pitched directly to your fans. And we used to have to go old school for that. That was called sitting in a chair in Artist Alley. And waiting and, for people to walk up and try to grab know, their attention. If you could grab their attention, yes. Uh, you had to set your table up just the right way. People walking by, they see something they like, they stop in, talk to you, you engage them. Uh, Some people did crazy things to engage people. Um, So it's sort of like you can personalize your own artist alley now. You can, you know, create a YouTube channel, you got Facebook Live, you've got Instagram, and these are areas that you can release your stuff. And then it still takes building a fan, it takes building an audience. But this would be one tool now that you can use to do that. Well, I don't think the age of conventions is truly gone. I mean, yes, we're quite on a hold right now, but they will be back. And many of those skills you talked about of building a table to make it attractive and easy for people to approach, those things will still exist, okay? But the same concepts of building a table, okay, is, you know, responds to building your, your website, your portal so that people can find your work easily. Okay. And attractively, and you're not making them jump through 16 hoops to find what they're looking for. Well, another thing is cost bill. I mean, for 25 years or longer, probably longer. Um, I've been doing artist alleys and conventions and, you know, I've gone as far as full booths, four booths up in Chicago, and that's thousands and thousands of dollars. A simple table in artist alley is hundreds of dollars, plus your cost of arriving, plus your cost of staying in hotel and food. There's a lot of investment into maybe reaching a handful of people. Right. But why did people do that for all those years? Because that handful of people that you reach would reach out to other people and then other people and it would grow exponentially so it would became very very important but if you can reach more people online and have that same kind of growth true true and without the investment well the um, investment it's, and it's the time. loss of time of create loss of creative time sure. your travel time you're not really creating you know and during that con 
hours no. themselves, okay? No. And then there's no. the five or six days of recovering from concrete when you get home. <laughs> That's true. Well, the one thing you do lose is possibly of making an income, possibly of selling your book, um, doing sketch commissions, stuff like that. That's something that's gone. You're not going to do as much on your your video streaming unless you're doing live streaming like Twitch, where you could actually be drawing an illustration. People could bid on it. Highest bidder takes the sketch. Uh, you could do sketch requests. So even that can be modified over into a Twitch account, and you can still make commission money live while you're doing them. Well, this so, is what we're talking about, of like taking some of the concepts of a convention and translating it. Mm-hmm. You could put up on, on a website, I do commissions, and here's what my commission prices are, okay? Sure. There's no sense of immediacy to that. There's no sense of buy this now. There's some T-shirt companies that are doing brilliant jobs because this T-shirt design is available today. Buy it today or never again. And people who were like, they're not buying T-shirts someplace else. They could have bought a different T-shirt, but like, I got it because I can only get it today. There's that sense of creating an event. Right, right. I agree with you. And do you think that kind of thing can be translated to your online activities? Sure. As an artist? Mm, maybe. Well, like you say, if you're I mean, doing this, if you're doing Twitch. a sketch, you know, if mm-hmm. you're doing a sketch, mm-hmm. okay, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, having bid on this sketch that you're doing today, okay, right, and or you know, create, you know, to create limited events, okay, that I'm going to be doing this for this time. Tune in and participate. Yep. You have yeah, to create yeah. a reason. You can't basically be open 24-7 because then there's no reason to stop by. Right, right. No, you got to create time slots. And, of course, let everybody know through, however, social media, email, um, when you're going to be available. Um, But, yeah, I mean, that's sort of like the Twitch channel where you schedule up and you actually do drawings. I know there's a few a method of I'll stop and watch. And there's also um, Dave Dorman does a live video painting about every day around – I want to say noon, one o'clock. Um, if I'm working uh, in my office, I'll uh, try to catch it and flip it on, watch him paint. He'll talk a little bit as he's painting. So that's always fun because um, he's always working on different projects. But th- there you pretty much know if, if Dave's available and he's painting around that time that you're going to be able to catch him. Um, but yeah, so that sort of takes, we were going to, can this replace Artist Alley, I definitely believe it can be an add-on to it because there's there's really nothing that can replace the personable, how you doing, back in the day when we're used allowed to shake hands. Uh, um, I guess you can fist bump now once you wipe it off with a, okay. a disinfectant rag. I, I don't know. This is crazy times around, Bill. It is. But... Um... One of the things that, you know, that personal interaction with fans, can can we think of ways to invite fans um, onto our streaming platform that they can ask questions, interact with with you? I believe that... so. I believe some of the Zoom offers uh, a multi- multitude of uh, people to come on and be a part of it. Um, I know I'm involved in several calls where they do Q&A. And they call on the uh, person, you know, you sort of get in line, they call you on, you can do a QA and a and do answer. So you could take that format and sort of push it into a live stream. Um, so, yeah, there's ways to get interaction with, because, with an audience. Because it can be very intimidating to just 
talk at a camera with no reaction from it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, what David Dorman has gotten into a groove where like I'm painting, let me talk about the painting. Okay. Right. But that can be difficult for some people, like, especially when you're just kind of doing promotional things about your own, but inviting two or three fans, you know, people who have made contact with you, like t talk to me, ask questions. You get a discussion going and what you have to say, you know, uh, becomes much more natural and other people can listen to the discussion versus listen to a lecture. And that's that fine line that you want. You, no one wants to be lectured to. Right. Right. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And I, that's hard. It's hard just talking to a video camera. I, I've been in the process of recording the uh, Kickstarter. And at the end of it, I want to do a pitch. And so far, I probably have maybe 30, 35 recordings. And it's only a minute long. <laughs> a minute and, long. Uh, yeah, it's not good. So, um, and, and the thing with video isn't like audio. Audio, I've gotten really good at cleaning up. Let's just say back in the day, my mouth was a little more... Um, not appropriate for all families. It said that oh, way, and I have okay. to go through and edit it out. I got really good at it, but uh, and it was all my fault. But so you yeah, had to edit out. Sort of, so you had to edit out all those golly darns and gee whizzes. Golly gosh, yes, yes, uh, gosh darn it. Okay, yes, uh -oh. dang. Oh, no, now I got to edit that out. Now I got to edit that out. This is uh, supposed to be a family show here. That's true, but yeah, and that's harder doing video because you definitely see the clicks and removements and jitters, and you're like, you can't do that in a video. Right, so, you can take uh, out those things in audio, no one can see, no one can notice that it still sounds fine. But with mm -hmm. video, yeah, you got take twenty seven. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's the reason Hollywood movies take so long to make. Okay. Yeah, even though they're only two hours long. But I do think um, the whole concept of live streaming is that you get all the blemishes all the uh, gosh darns and everything that comes along with it. Cause there's definitely plenty of those out there, even from people you go, Ooh, really? But that's all right. That's them. And you get to, you, you probably build a more true fan base. Um, somebody who's wonderful in front of camera and I keep coming back is Brian Polito. He is so over the top. He is a, a, a uh, what were they called? The uh, circus, uh, the carnival Barker carnival Barker. You've got it. And uh, he's perfect. If you've ever not listened to him, um, you need to jump on one of his Kickstarters for Lady Death and uh, just listen to his intros, his pitches. Um, he is He's fun. He is a lot of fun. If you know Brian, he's a lot I, of fun to listen to. I do. One, thing like gotta be, one thing you've got to be careful of is trying not to imitate someone like that. No, because you, you can cannot. look at that and think, well, that's what I want. I want that level of energy and stuff. But on the other hand, that's just Brian, you know, I've, yes. you know, I've eaten dinner with Brian. That's just him. Okay. Mm -hmm. He might not be quite as boisterous, but no, he's is, he's just that personable and that energetic that he's always got that level of energy. And so yes. he might dial it up one, maybe two for maybe. a pitch like that. But you know, if your style of speaking is much more common measured, you know, don't try to be the carnival barker, find your comfort level okay and right. and be yourself because trying to be someone else because like they're really exciting you're going to come off so fake it's just really oh, yeah. be, you're and you're going to wind up being miserable doing it so yeah it's the easiest advice in the world be yourself okay uh but you know the better advice is like don't try to be somebody else you know don't try yeah. to copy something that's really not you no i agree and and i think 
they are going to want to support you. So, it, it, yeah, like I said, it needs to be you. It needs to be you off the top. And, but, you know, it, it, you, but there is some things as presentation. And I guess you're, you're taught that when you take these presentation classes and you're talking classes and stuff that you do right uh, through college. And, you know, you want to sound a little bit more energetic, not so laid back. And you want to sound like somebody who they want you want a support, you know, um, more than anything. And I will look for these in Kickstarters is you can tell in their voice if they're really pumped about their project, if they're really looking forward yes. to getting this in your hands. And there's something about that self pitch that you and I could never do when we were in a comic shop. We, we could show them the books and uh, we can. You know, say, look, this is really good. It's been selling well. But from hearing from the creator and the creator, you know, just says, look, you know, we finally got this done. We're excited about it. You know, this is where the story came from. And we want to share this with you. There's there's you can t when it's in their voice and it just rolls out of them. You go, oh, hell yeah, I'll give you 20 bucks. Oh, I got to edit that out. Heck, yeah, I'll give you 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's true because you can, you know. Be as passionate as you are about someone else's work, but hearing it from the heart. And that's what you have to tap into. And nothing we were talking about, you know, using video streams, live streaming, different things. Um, one of the great things about convention is, is seeing artists get together with other artists, you know, mm -hmm. whether writer, pencil, or anchor. Uh, what do you think of the possibility of using these uh, pla video platforms to do cross promotion with other artists? Oh, I've seen some of them out there talking to each other. Some of them could be drawing while they're chatting and talking. There's some studios out there who have Kickstarters who sort of had a couple of the editors and the writers talking while maybe an artist is sitting there inking or coloring. So is that what you're talking about? Yes. I think that actually would be... doing production? Well, if actually, even not actually doing production, but just two writers kind of interviewing each other. Uh, tell me about your project. Tell me about your project. Like, oh, and just bouncing off of each other where it is, you know, it's, it's more of a conversation and less of a lecture. Let me tell you how I came up with this idea. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I think no, I like it. You're bringing two fan bases together. So you're finding some, another writer. Okay. Or another artist who has their own fans. Now they're looking at you and your material. And that's just another way to, to, you, you're each you know benefiting from it and it makes it a little bit easier to do the actual presentation you're doing and you're just you're doubling your your immediate eyes on you know because both fan bases are going to want to see what you're doing right right no i agree i agree i think i think it offer, offers a lot of different opportunities um that we just we didn't have a few years back you know not that long ago we really didn't if you streamed it was expensive software to get involved and to do it so well i remember um, the early days of trying to record panels at comic book conventions yes. first just audio okay and it's, it sounds it's, it's an easy job but it's not it, there's production value that goes into it and when they tried to add video cameras and you really couldn't see you couldn't hear it was not a fun situation to try right. to watch now with so much smaller and more portable cameras and audio equipment you're getting much better recordings of things like that. Right, right. But, but with simple things like Zoom meet, putting together Zoom meetings, you've mm -hmm. got great video and audio, and you can concentrate on the content of what people are saying and showing you. And well, you can do a whole, it'll help, you can get a whole panel's worth of people together on a topic. Sure. 
Sure. I mean, I mean, well, we've seen video of, of you know certain panels over the years uh, from San Diego and Chicago and places like that, New York. Uh, you know, like Marvel panels and DC panels and stuff like that. But yeah, I think it really opens up for um, expansion. I think any size creator who feels comfortable in front of the camera should go for it. I think it's a great way to reach a possible audience. Uh, there's many places that don't cost you anything to publish these. Um, as you get more comfortable, do a live feed right there. Don't do a pre-recorded thing, but do a live feed. So there's there's lots of possibilities out there with this now. And there is more of that sense of an event when you're doing something live. If you like tune in at this date and time and I'll have because people, you know, as much there's tons of content that you can research and find, mm -hmm. but it, it doesn't have the same sense of excitement of tomorrow night at eight, I'm gonna tune into this. You know, it's something right. That, it's the event planning that we just don't have as much anymore, but people still enjoy that. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I agree. So, so it's um, getting people to know your work, okay, getting to know other writers and artists or things that you do at conventions. Can you think of anything else that, you know, had been convention-specific that can now be moved to new platforms? Um... Convention Pacific. Well, pretty much all of ours, Sally can. I guess the biggest thing is is uh, you can use videos to preview your books and show your books. Um, we can do chats and talks, and I no. I mean, I think anything in a convention can be reproduced except the personal high and that connection that you can make. But it just you know. It depends on how you present yourself on camera. Just be yourself. Okay. Um, is is there any way to duplicate the bad and overpriced food? Because that is so much about of the, the convention $10 experience. ice creams. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yes. $15 and eight, hot dogs. Yeah, an $8 pretzel, you know. Oh, It's already yes. stale. Okay, yeah. Somehow, yes. if we could only come up with that, then, then we would truly have the convention experience. Have you ever stood in line for a bathroom at San Diego? Uh, yes. Yes. You, you, you go there before you need to. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. It's like, I may need to use the bathroom in an hour. I'd better get in line. Go get in line. Yes. Yeah. We do not want. Yes. So, yeah, some of the things are much better on streaming. But, um, yeah, I, I think it just can give a lot of people who may not can. You know, I talk about going to San Diego and New York in Chicago and I was very fortunate to own a company and that was able to afford to take me to places like that and I had experiences and met people over the years because of that company a blue line and you know it's just something that that was a great experience for me and you tagged along on a few shows with us oh yeah and uh most people do not have something, a, a company that can pick up a tab like that or carry us along. And no, uh, no, no the we were fans. The uh -huh. number of fans who have never been to a convention is staggering. That they they all would like to do it, but as you say, time, money, you know, it's distance. It's not easy. The location. I mean, I've always said the Cincinnati area where we're from is great because we're centralized. We can go north, Columbus. We can go to New York, 
We can go Perfect. south to AtlantaCon, to Florida, Megacons. There's a lot of conventions on this Ch- side of the states. Chicago is only a six-hour drive. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a lot of places that are, you know. Arrows uh, World. Mm-hmm. Pitts, Pitts, Pittsburgh that are that are within an easy day's drive, okay? Oh, yes. And so, but many people don't have anything like that in quite a few hours. So, right. yeah, there's a lot of things that... Uh, you can bring that convention experience to people who just would not be able to go in in any way, shape, or form. So I think that's a good thing to keep in mind of like, yeah, conventions will be back and we'll still be doing those. They still have their place and there's still things, certain things about them that are excellent that can never really be replaced. But a lot of those things can be duplicated in your outreach to fans and to the fans that you have in creating new fans. Oh, I agree. And we just need to keep coming up with what we've talked about here and, and more new and creative ways to make that connection feel special and feel like an event. Right. And I'm sure there will. There will be, you know, right now, you know, StreamYard and Zoom, you can do slideshows, which is really, to me, it's a combination. You can do your, your chat, your talks and everything. And then you can also show your images. You can show other videos while you're talking. You can show pre-recorded stuff. So there's a lot of abilities that we can use if you're imaginative. Um, you almost have to be as creative in your presentation, which is, I guess is true on anything, as you are as creative on what you really want to do, which is create comics. So, well, I think that's uh, something that we really need to get through to our listeners is creating comics in a vacuum. You can have, you know, you can be the best painter in the world, okay? And you'll leave behind... Uh, some wonderful paintings that will be discovered after your death. But if you want to make a living at this, if you want to share this with people, you have to be creative in marketing yourself as you are in doing your work or else you wind up working in a vacuum where no one else will experience what you're doing. Right. Right. And that's something we have to keep finding new and creative ways to inspire people to realize that that's part of the creative experience. And it's not all drudge work, like you say. Some of it is exciting and fun and creative. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I wish all we had to do is make comics. And that's it. All we had to do is make comics. They just magically appear out there. But there are so many things that you have to do to get them out there. And I was talking to somebody not too long ago. Like, I want my comics in comic stores. I said, I do too. And they sort of stopped looking at me and says, you've had comics in comic stores. I said, yeah, but now I can't. I says, for me to put a comic in a comic store, I've got to create my own fan base first. I got to create a fan base to come and ask for it to be successful. You can't just generic say, I'm in a comic shop, I'm successful. You're successful when you have a con- when you have a fan base that can support the project. And that fan and, base can support the project in a comic shop or online. Okay. Yes. Or well, what, door to door you, if you have to. <laughs> door to door um well, the biggest thing is that i'm seeing now is for us to build build it online and then maybe take it to the comic shops but it's our job to build that fan base first not depend on the comic shop to build that fan base it, it's just that mode doesn't work anymore the comic shop has way too much responsibilities it's true it's changed but i'm looking forward to hearing how our listeners apply some of the ideas that we've had talking about today and and more creative ways to to help to make their outreach feel special and feel like an event 
and bring that convention experience to people at their own home. Oh, yeah. Um, podcast at shoutfire.com. Um, I'll put a link in it underneath this video. Um, send us your links. If you have a streaming, uh, if you're doing YouTube, you're doing Twitch, you know, put us a link in there. We'd love to check it out. Maybe we can get back together and discuss and show some of these. But we're always open to how to share how you're being successful with other people so then they can use that model and then develop their own styles and their own ways of doing it. Excellent. Bobby, thank you so much for your time today. I think that wraps it up. Sounds good. Take care, Bill. Bye-bye.